Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillah. Vessalatu vesselamu ala Resulina ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ve minna valla. Allahumma salli ala Seyyidina Muhammed salatin tuncina biha min cemi'il ahvali ve al-afiyatu taqdilana biha cemi'il hacatu tutahiruna biha min cemi'il seyyat ve tarfa'una biha enneke ala derecatu tubaliguna biha aksan gayati min cemi'il khayrati fil hayati ve ba'dil memat. Allahumma salli ve sallam ve zil mübarek aleyh. قال المصنف رحمه الله تعالى ونفعنا الله وياه بعلومه في الدارين أمين فصل في أحكام الاستنجاء فصل في في أحكام الاستنجاء الاستنجاء سنة بنحو حجر يحصل به الإد الإنقاء ولا يشترط فيه عدد مخصوص والغسل أفضل. So he says the ruling of istinja is istinja is recommended with the likes of a stone. This is not the best translation. It's recommended with the likes of a stone. Maybe it is. We'll get to it in the commentary. Uh, by means of which cleanliness can be achieved There is no specific number required And washing is superior And washing is superior <coughs> uh, We'll read the section and then go to the Commentary And inshallah everything will become clear مَا يُكْرَهُ بِهِ وَيُكْرَهُ بِهِ it is disliked with a bone, dung, and the right hand. And food. It should also say food. Uh, bone, dung, food, and the right hand. So all of those things are disliked in to be used in istinja. When is it necessary to use water? ويجب الماء إذا جاوزت النجاسة المخرج وكان المجاوز أكثر من قدر الدرهم. So uh, it is necessary to use water if the impure substance exceeds the exit point, and that which has exceeded is more than the amount of a dirham. So what is this trying to get at? It's trying to get at that. One can do istinja with a dry object or with water, and that is uh, acceptable um, without water, as long as whatever one is cleaning has not gone beyond the exit point. So, uh, if the urine gets somewhere else, or if the feces gets somewhere else. Then this now is uh, urine or feces that's on the body and it has to be removed with water. Assuming it's more than the amount of a dirham, this will, uh, because that amount, they say that the amount of the dirham is like the inside of the valley of your palm. And um, that's the amount of a major impurity that is pardoned. So the amount of a major impurity that's pardoned is that amount. So it doesn't become yajib, doesn't become wajib, 
doesn't become necessary to use the water unless the amount is greater than that and it's outside of the exit point at the exit point itself it just needs to be cleaned here in the beginning it said it's recommended with the likes of a stone or clint <coughs> I think this might be similar to witter we're going to see in the commentary it might be similar to witter that some of the books mention witter as being sunnah but what they meant what they mean by that is what I had said yesterday sunnah in the sense that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam did it but its ruling is actually wajib this might be similar let's see when we get to uh, the commentary because I'm pretty sure you have to clean it you can't just use the restroom and keep it moving afterwards um Let me actually just make a note of it. Stinja, stinja, being sunnah in the text. Okay. وَمَا يُكْرَهُ عِنْدَ قَضَاءٍ حَاجَةٍ أَكْرَمَكُمُ اللَّهِ What is disliked when relieving oneself? وَيُكْرَهُ اسْتِقْبَانُ الْقِبْلَةِ فِي الْخَلَاءِ وَكَذَا اسْتِدْبَارُهَا وَاسْتِقْبَانُ عَيْنَ الشَّمْسِ وَالْقَمَرِ واستقبال مهب الريح والتخلي في الطريق ومجتمع الناس وتحت شجر مثمر So he says it is disliked to face the direction of prayer uh, in the bathroom Khala is more like when you're not in the bathroom actually Another one to see what he says in the commentary but Khala that's generally not the bathroom the khala is when you're like out in the wilderness And you choose somewhere to use the restroom And I know some of the other madahib have that issue as well And they distinguish between the, what's in the restroom Versus what's in wilderness, let's just say um, So to face the direction of the qibla uh, Or to turn one's back to it To face the sun and the moon To face the wind Uh... Obviously, there's some level of danger in facing the wind when using the restroom. To relieve oneself in the street, in places where people gather, and below a tree. So, uh, you know, these are like places where people uh, in the street and below a tree are also places where people gather. So, the idea is that you don't relieve yourself in a place where someone else might go and sit. Okay. Um... So all of those things are disliked. وَمَا يُسْتَحَبُّ عِنْدَ دُخُولٍ خَلَاءٌ خُرُوجِ مِنْهُ What is recommended when entering the bathroom and when leaving it? وَيُسْتَحَبُّ تَقْدِيمُ التَّسْمِيَةِ وَالْإِسْتِعَادَةِ وَالْيُسْرَى فِي الدُّخُولِ وَالْيُمْنَى فِي الْخُرُوجِ عَلَىٰ عَكْسِ الْمَسْجِدِ وَيُسْتَحَبُّ أَنْ يَقُولَ إِذَا خَرَجْ غُفْرَانَكَ ثَلَاثًا so he says it is recommended to precede it entering uh, the restroom It is recommended to precede it with the tasmiyah And the isti'adha To say bismillahirrahmanirrahim And to say a'udhubillahirrahmanirrahim uh, to enter with the left, to exit with the right, 
uh, in reverse order to the masjid. It is recommended that he says when he leaves, غفرانك three times. غفرانك means, O oh Allah, I seek your forgiveness. And then to make the dua, Alhamdulillah, الذي أذهب عني الأذى وعافاني. All praises due to Allah who removed from me that which was harmful and gave me perfect health. Okay, and gave me good health. So now let's um, let's go down. Down here, Iowa sections on the ruling of Istinja. Doesn't say. All right, it is the removal of filth from the front and rear passageways with water and its like. Uh, using three stones is desirable because of the Prophet statement in that regard. Um, doesn't have to be a stone, obviously. Uh, anything that would get the job of cleaning done. Uh, although, if you run out of toilet paper and you can't buy any anywhere, then you know know that what is mentioned by the by the Prophet is stones. And washing is superior. Uh, meaning washing the area after wiping it with a stone or paper is superior to using stones or paper alone. And washing with only water is better than only using a stone because it cleans more thoroughly. Okay. Uh, what is disliked? This is prohibitively disliked because it doesn't... Uh, what was the principle? The principle was... If it doesn't specifically say that it's mildly disliked, tanzihan, makru tanzihan, then the assumption is it's makru tahriman, that it's prohibitively disliked. Um, and some of the narrations, it doesn't say it in the ones that he mentions here, but it, it mentions that some of these things that, um, like bones for example, are food for the jinn. So we shouldn't use them when we're using the, when we're cleaning ourselves, and to use the left hand and not the right hand. To use the right hand is disliked. Uh, it's necessary to use water if, again, the filth exceeds the exit point and is more than the size of a dirham. The scholars agree that the area must be washed. Um, Is there a comment or a question? Something? Uh, or someone's raising their hand or something? Is that answered by the, is, is what you're asking answered by that next sentence? If it exceeds the size of a dirham by being added to the filth which is on the passageway, it is not obligatory to wash. 
because the filth which is on the passageway is not taken into consideration according to the law? Is that what you're asking, or is it something else? Could you rephrase the question? Because I was supposed to repeat it on the audio. Okay, yeah. And when it says the filth that exceeds the exit point, is that whatever remains on the body? Uh, yeah, that would be what's that's that's uh, you have to clean whatever is left on the body. Yeah, that's more than on the actual exit. I don't want to make symbols for it, but <laughs> uh, there's that which is on the exit point, and then if you have, you know, say maybe you're using the restroom and there's some sort of uh, filth that gets on other parts of your body then that's what has to be removed like wajiba does that answer it okay uh what is disliked when relieving oneself meaning prohibitively disliked um so it does specify here actually uh, it is disliked to face the direction of prayer in the bathroom meaning while relieving oneself even while in a building due to the prophet sallallahu statement uh, that when one relieves himself he should face should neither face the direction of the prayer nor turn his back to it if someone forgetfully sits facing the direction of prayer or with his back turned towards it and then real and then realizes it they should turn around as much as possible. It is also prohibitively disliked for an adult to face a child towards the direction of prayer in order to urinate. What's interesting about that is that it takes some level of awareness of where the qibla is, right? And um, actually, the Sheikh who uh, Sheikh Walid, when he was explaining this, he said that. Like facing the qibla is an act that, uh, like the qibla basically emanates nur, and to face the qibla then is to subject oneself to those uh, emanations. And he said that he even had uh, a colleague or a friend who was, he always, no matter what he was doing, he would always try to face the qibla. So he's like, we'd get on the metro and he would kind of like figure out his orientation and then he would turn and be like what are you doing he's like i'm facing the qibla <laughs> so he would kind of like always be facing the qibla obviously this is the opposite because you're using the restroom you don't face it but uh you know um uh because that's something that's not uh, respectable that you're doing. Okay. Uh, mm hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, says that's in Hashia, huh? Um, 
footnote number 71. Uh, it does say though that it's it might be in Minhaj al-Raghib, huh? Minhaj. Do I have that here? I had to take all the books off my computer because they were taking all the space. So now I'm now I'm stuck. When I need it, I don't have it. Um, Minhaj. to find this book than it usually is. Uh, <coughs> one minute, inshallah. And it says page 71, does it say? I wonder if it's the same. see that now let's just try it maybe it's the same yeah it is subhanallah um walaw fil bunyan even if inside It doesn't specify. Like it doesn't uh see it's in the footnote here. Mm. Doesn't say if it's which makruh it is, so uh oh here it is. Let's see. Ufi hashia Qalu Yukrahu and Yamudan Rajlehi fin nomi wana hawihil and kiblati wan musafi al kutubin fikhi illa and yukuna ala mekana multafan and mahada intaha bahar from Bahar Raq. Ufin Jamri Sahir Badikri Mata Kadam Wala Batsabin Khalwati Wal Mujamaati fi baitin fihi mushaf the an beutan Muslimin la tahlu and the nikwama and the listinja fi yukrahu karaha tanzi. That's not really a clear expression. It's going to take more because that expression needs more 
research so I'll have to double check it's an interesting question though if it is that would be really difficult so now you can't it's if it's <laughs> if it's makru tahriman face the qibla or turn away from it while using the restroom or when you're sleeping to put your feet in that direction or in the direction of any books I'm trying to think like how's my setup Alhamdulillah I'm safe right now Alhamdulillah I'm safe right now Okay Alhamdulillah Let's continue and then inshallah we'll come back to these things I'm probably gonna start like um, Not asking one question at a time to the sheikh So when we get like a list of them Then I'll, uh, I'll go And I think if I I have to find some time to research him myself Otherwise he's going to get mad too He's going to say I told you you should research yourself <laughs> Don't ask me all the time <laughs> uh, So I have to be Strategic in that inshallah mm-hmm. uh, The other ones are clear Facing the sun and the moon uh, He says out of respect for them Because they are both great signs of Allah um, It's slightly disliked Ibn Abidin says that that's slightly disliked Is to face the sun and the moon to face the wind is clear because you're going to soil yourself uh, in those other places we already talked about so those are clear what is recommended when entering the bathroom and when leaving it is recommended to proceed it with the tasmiyah so to say bismillah um, uh, <coughs> it's meant to be said before uh, you know entering the restroom or before removing one's clothes if you're in a Outside space uh, He says if a person forgets to recite The supplications before entering They may do so silently in their heart Not with their tongue Meaning if they're already in the place Where they're going to be relieving themselves Or they're already exposed their aura And stuff like that And they can just say it with uh, In their heart and not in their tongue And then to say the isti'adha Which is the dua Allahumma inni a'udhu bika minan khubith Wan khaba'ith it's a different istiada I had said before the Rishan regime, which was not right. This is the istiada of entering the bathroom. Um, so that's the dua of the Prophet Sallallahu in that regard. And then to enter with the left and to say Ghufranik Alhamdulillah wa when leaving. So those are the recommended acts. Okay. Page 70. Uh-oh. Page 70. Alrighty. Section 4. Faslun fi ahkam al ghusl. So now we're on ghusl. We're getting close to the end of tahara. Faslun fi ahkam al ghusl. Furudun ghusli wa amman ghuslu fa furuduhu al madmadatu wal istinshaqu wa ghuslu jami' al badni hatta dakhil qalafa wa la yajibu ala al mar'ati naqtu dafa'iriha wa la balluha idha balla asluha So someone anyone want to read that translation of the obligatory acts Uh, 
So the base of the braid. She doesn't have to wet all of the hair as long as the, the base is done. If they're braided, if her hair is braided. Uh, so these are the things. It's not just to wash the whole body. <coughs> but also to rinse the mouth and the nose. And it uh, also doesn't mention intention. If you recall that issue before. Intention will come up um, uh, in, in Tayammum. So, but here, it's, there's still no intention. Uh, required doesn't mean you shouldn't do it, but it's not from the furud. So, in the it's in the sunan uh, should be. Uh, is it in the? Uh, oh, it doesn't mention it in the sunan. That's interesting. Hmm. <coughs> oh, it's a different order. I just want to see if in Minhaj al-Raghib he mentions Nia in the Sunan of Ghusl because he didn't mention it there and that seems a little bit strange uh, Is there a thing on the side here? No There we go But it is mentioned there in the footnote. Sunan of Ghusl are the Sunan of Wudu, except for doing it in order. Mm, so it would include that, even though it wasn't mentioned. Alright. Sunan of Ghusl. Wa sunan of an yagsina yadehi wa farjahu. Wa najasatan ala badnihi. Thumma yatawadda'u thumma yufidun ma'a ala badnihi. Thalathan. So the recommended acts of ritual bathing Its recommended actions are To wash the hands Private parts And impure substances on the body Then perform ablution And pour water on the body three times So one would start by washing their hands Then they would wash their private parts Then they would wash off of their body Any impure substances That might be on different areas of their body then they would make wudu, and then they would pour water over the body three times. That's the full, full way of doing ghusl. And to have intention also, mm-hmm. even though it's not mentioned there. Mujibatun ghusl wa mujibatuhu inzalun mani ala wajh dafqi wa shahwati andin fi salihi wa ghaybatu hashafatin fi qublin aw dubur. 
ورؤية المستيقظ المنية أو المذية وانقطاع حيد والنفاس لا بخروج مذيا ووديا واحتلام من غير بلد So that which necessitates غسل Ritual bathing are the following Number one The emission of semen with a contracting motion and pleasure when released So it's those uh must be there if it's not there then they said this is not like the releasing of semen that would necessitate ghusl it's more of like uh, either maybe a medical issue the person has or it would be medhi and not many so medhi is the pre-seminal fluid uh, which must be washed and removed but doesn't require uh, ghusl so it's like uh a secretion that's not the uh, emission of semen. Number two is the entering of the head of the male private part in the front or rear passageway upon both people. Either uh, um, so this is um the people's, you know, they, uh, uh, it requires ghusl from both of them if one of them does it. Notice how it's actually, um, you know, it's just interesting that it's not, doesn't specify gender. And again, that's not because it's saying that um, uh, rear penetration is acceptable in any sort of way with a male or with a female it's just acknowledging that it happens uh, which is something that's interesting about the fiqh books is like what can you understand about society and what are the limits of that we shouldn't assume too much but what can you understand about society through what you find in the fiqh books um, so if there's Penetration, the amount of which is the head of the male private part in the front or rear, then it requires ghusl on both parties. Number three is the one awakening, seeing se semen or pre-seminal fluid. So the person wakes up and they find some sort of wetness. Um, then that would be uh, this type of wetness. Then um, that would necessitate ghusl. And the termination of the menstrual cycle and post-childbirth bleeding. So when the menstrual cycle comes to a close or when post-childbirth bleeding comes to a close. And it's not due, meaning the ghusl is not due to the emission of pre-seminal fluid and wedi. Wedi is another emission that's neither of the previous two. Nor an erotic dream without finding any wetness. Or if someone has like a, uh, a, a a detailed dream But they don't find any wetness when they wake up Then they're not required to make ghusl I don't know They just They say it's like a um, Like a whitish fluid I don't know I mean is that what they would call it?
Subhanallah. They're very detailed. Yeah, that would require wudu because it comes from one of the private parts and it would need to be wiped, uh, washed clean. But it doesn't require ghusl. Um, and the other one, the madhi, is an interesting one because uh, of the hadith on it, which is an interesting hadith. Just uh, that Sayyidina Ali radiallahu an, he says, Kuntu rajulan madha'an. I was a man who had a lot of pre-seminal fluid and I was shy to ask the Prophet ﷺ about it because of my relationship with his daughter right like he's married to his daughter and uh, he's like so I asked someone else to ask him and the person went and asked the Prophet ﷺ and he said that you have to wash it off but it doesn't require ghusl um uh, Yeah, it's in the sense that not if it's if it's less than the that um, amount of the dirham, then it's pardoned. I mean, it's still good to remove it, uh, at least like wash it at some level. But it's pardoned in the sense that uh, its presence won't invalidate the prayer. Yes. Yes. Ma yusunna, ma yusannu, lahu al-ightisal. When is ritual bathing recommended? When is there a sunnah for ritual bathing? Wa yusannu ghusl al-jum'ati wal-idayni wal-ihram. And it's recommended to perform ghusl for the two Friday uh, Friday prayers and the two Eids and ihram. Times. Basically, these are all times of uh, major gathering. Um, so, let us go then to page seventy and see if there's things to add from the commentary. Bismillah. Uh, ritual bathing. So watching the obligatory acts are to rinse the mouth, rinse the nose, and wash all of the body, including the foreskin. Uh, that which does not entail hardship, such as ears, navel, mustache, eyebrows, and beard, all of those things should be washed. If the person is wearing a tight ring, they remove it or move it. Likewise with earrings. If there is not in the piercing uh any earring and water enters it while passing over that body part is sufficient. It is also necessary to remove all that prevents water reaching the body, such as dough, uh, as opposed to food between the teeth. <coughs> so if you have something on your skin that's stopping the water from going, then it should be removed. <coughs> it's not necessary for a woman to undo her braids, uh, meaning her braided hair, which is to to interlace hair with other hair. Um Salama said, O Messenger of Allah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, I am a woman who keeps her hair closely plaited. 
do I have to undo them for the ritual bathing after major ritual impurity? He said, no, it is enough for you to throw three handfuls of water on your head and then pour water all over your body and you will be purified. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Its recommended acts are um, uh, It says here The recommended acts are the same as the recommended acts of ablution Except for the order uh, Likewise it's adab are the same Except for facing of the direction of prayer um, This is because a person usually bathes with their nakedness exposed So to wash the hands upon the wrist, up to the wrist, three times, just like in the tasmiya. To wash the private parts, remove impure substances. To make the wudu of prayer, um, except for the feet, if they're in a place where the water gathers at their feet. If they are, then they would leave their feet for the end. And when they step out of that place, then they would wash their feet in the place that they stepped out after they step out because the water is gathering at their feet right um i guess the the modern application of that is like if you have a slow drain and the water uh starts to accumulate at your feet when you're in the shower then you should wash your feet again afterwards um or leave the washing of the feet until afterwards but if the drain you know works normally and the water doesn't accumulate at the at your feet then you can wash your feet at the normal time when you would wash it uh, and then to pour water over the body three times meaning three times covering all of the body beginning with the head then right shoulder then left shoulder and um, uh, if a person was to immerse themselves totally in flowing water a large pool or under a shower such that all of their body was washed, they will have been regarded as fulfilling the sunnah. Okay, so they will have fulfilled that. But again, in ghusl, one of the requirements is the nose and the mouth. The nose and the mouth are required, so just taking a shower oftentimes doesn't include those things. Uh, so beware of that, inshallah. That which necessitates the ritual bathing uh, The emission of semen with a contracting motion Meaning the emission of semen from a male or, se or sexual fluid from a female Whether it be with a person's own will or not Such as a wet dream ejaculating by looking or thinking Or self-induced emission with the hand uh, the same ruling applies to both men and women. The semen of a man is thick and white, exiting from the area adjacent to his back. The private part contracts when it exits, and when dry, has an odor similar to that of eggs. The sexual fluid of a woman is thin and yellow. And pleasure when released, meaning at the moment when the semen separates from its physical storage area in the body, such that if a person was to experience seminal emission which is not accompanied by any pleasure due to lifting a heavy object, or being struck on the back, he would not be required to bathe. The Prophet them said, If you are impure, then purify. <coughs> the entering of the head of a male private part in the front or rear passageway upon both people, meaning the entering of that which is above the area that is usually circumcised. This is the case even if it is entered uh, with something covering it through which warmth can be sensed according to the correct opinion. I think that uh, came up 
Aisha radiallahu anhu reports the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said if the two circumcised parts encounter each other ritual bathing is obligatory uh, and the one awakening seeing semen or pre-seminal fluid meaning being aware of it so as to include the blind person mm. Medhi is that which exits from a male during foreplay it is a thin white colored fluid the fluid which exits from a female is called Qadhi if a sleeping person awakes and finds any moisture on their bedding or clothing and recalls having an erotic dream, then they must perform a ritual bath. If they do not recall a dream and are certain that this moisture is semen or think it may be, then they must also perform a bath. If they are not certain that it is medhi, uh, if they are not, if they are certain that it is it is medhi, meaning not the semen but the pre-seminal, they are not required to perform a ritual bath if they do not recall having an erotic dream. In the footnote here uh, It mentions As for Wadi It is a thick fluid Which exits after a person urinates As mentioned by Ibn Abidin For both Medhi Pre-seminal fluid And Wadi Bathing Ghusl is not required Rather Wudu is performed Okay There's a hand raised Go ahead There's Yeah Go ahead If it's like um, if some time has passed, basically, then it needs to be washed off, and you can make wudu, but you don't have to make ghusl. <coughs> but I mean, like if it's meaning, like if it's if it's exiting at that, if enough time has passed that it's not exiting with the accompaniment of contraction and pleasure. Right, then it's something that came out later, then it doesn't have the it doesn't meet that requirement, right? Of uh, with a contracting motion and when and pleasure when released. Right. So some of the books they say, for example, that like um, the person if they can use the restroom afterwards that's good and then they make a ghusl and th then they you know they know that whatever came out after that doesn't isn't part of uh, what requires ghusl does that does that make sense okay oh I didn't repeat the question the question was about um, semen that might uh, come out after you know not immediately at the time of ejaculation but with the passing of a little bit of time it sometimes takes a little bit of time for everything to come out uh, okay good 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 and the termination of the menstrual cycle menstruation cycle uh, minimum is 3 days maximum is 10 days so anything less than three days or more than ten days is not considered hayd. It's considered istihada. It's not considered menstruation. It's considered um, 
I think there's a word for that. We'll just call it pseudo-menstruation for, for the time being. But I think there's an actual better word for that. It's not coming to me right now. Uh, and post-childbirth bleeding. Yes, go ahead. If it's been like that, that which is more than 10 days, like once 10 days has come, that would be the considered the end of the menstruation. And what if there's still bleeding after that, then dysfunctional uterine bleeding. That's a lot of words. There's no istihadah. <laughs> we have one word. <laughs> that which is similar to haid, but not haid. Dysfunctional uterine bleeding. It's a good word. Good set of words. Uh, is that Zaman who said that? You're in... Are, are you in medical school or you're a doctor? We met when you were... Was it when you were starting? Did we meet? Yeah. Yeah, subhanAllah. Wow. MashaAllah. Getting closer. Mm. Yeah. I'm sure they're excited to to get you working. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> Allah keep you safe and all of our uh, mujahideen that are on the front lines. SubhanAllah. It's uh, um, it's an ibtila. Allah help us to return to him. Did you guys see that uh, Shaykh Hatim al-Hajj was uh, he contracted coronavirus. You know, He's a physician as well as a faqih. If you guys don't know him, I think at least uh, Sidi Norman probably knows him from New Jersey. But um, but Alhamdulillah, he's doing fine and he's pretty much recovered. And uh, he's donating his plasma for research. Apparently, there's some research around that. Um, so, you know, Allah keep him safe and keep all of you safe, inshallah, and all of us. <coughs> Alright, post-childbirth bleeding I've seen that translated as lochia Is that an actual term? Yeah, so This is blood that exits after the birth of the baby It has no minimum duration And its maximum is 40 days um, And when that time is up Or when it ends uh, Then one would make ghusl And return to prayer um, not due to the emission of pre-seminal fluid and wadi and we already covered that so when is it recommended it's recommended for Friday prayer um, there's a big debate in the in the school that's mentioned down here the issue of one taking a ritual bath but invalidating their ablution before their Friday, Friday prayer was discussed by Sheikh Abdul Ghani and Nabunsi Rahimahullah who concluded that as long as a person has an intention when bathing to fulfill his recommended action, it is of no consequence if they nullify it. Ibn Abidin supported this view. So in some of the earlier books, it'll say that if you want it to count as the ghusl for Friday prayer, then the person has to make ghusl and go to Friday prayer without uh, breaking, like they have to go on the purification that they had from that ghusl. If they 
lose their wudu and then make wudu, then that ghusl doesn't count as ghusl for the Friday prayer. But as it's mentioned here, um, the uh, Ibn Abidin agreed that as long as a person has an intention that they're making it for Friday, then it still counts. This obviously is even more of an issue for people like us who live in a place where oftentimes we wake up in the morning and we make a ghusl and we go and we do a lot of things before Jummah. You know, if you're living in a Muslim majority place and Friday is a holiday and you wake up and you go to Jummah, then it's not really as much of an issue. But in our case, this, this actually matters. So, uh, the two Eids and Ihram. Um, in addition to the above it is also desirable to bathe for the following someone who has embraced Islam even if they are in a state of purity a person who reaches maturity after cupping, washing the deceased the night of Bara'a, the night of Qadr, standing in Muzdalifa, when entering Mecca, and for the Tawaf of Ziyarah, the Kusuf prayer, the rain prayer, entering Medina, one who wears a new garment, one repenting from a sin, returning from a journey, and a woman experiencing irregular bleeding, which ceases. All of these are also things that are good to bathe for. Good to bathe for. Notice for the someone embracing Islam that it's mentioned here, in times that are good to bathe but not a time when you have to bathe so that comes up sometimes people are taking shahada you know like do we have to go tell them to take a bath or whatever and uh, in the Hanafi school at least there's a little bit of leniency on that I, mean, I think in the other ones it may be more strict but in the Hanafi school at least there's a little bit of leniency okay so I think um I think this is a good place to stop before we get into water because water might need some comments and clarifications and things. So maybe this is a good place. Uh, what is your guys' opinion on weekends? Do you prefer to stick to weekdays? What do you want to do? You tell me. Okay. <laughs> okay. Anyone else? You agree with all those sentiments? When when you said catch up on your rest, my dad's voice came into my head. And it said it said rest is a state of mind. 